what what does our customer need? What's going to make a difference for them? I mean, the entire we have this this um, this unifying goal across bench, which is to make a profound difference in the quality of life of one million people. That's like the sport of bench. You know, scoring a goal for us is we have a survey we send out to our customers. We're you know um, uh, very short survey. It's two questions. <laughs> one of those questions is: Has bench made a profound difference in the quality of your life? You know, and that is the actual number that we track of, you know, are we making progress towards what we came here to do? Hello, 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 and welcome to the afternoon tea. I'm super duper excited because I have the Ian Crosby of Bench uh, joining us. Ian, before we start, let me just set this up. Ian Crosby is the co-founder and CEO of Bench, North America's largest book bookkeeping. Whoa, we're going to go with that again. <laughs> bookkeeping, you're not beekeeping. Bookkeeping service, recognizing that entrepreneurs go into business to pursue a passion, not to do administrative work. That is bang on. I Ian saw the opportunity to improve lives for small business owners by making bookkeeping simple, effortless, and affordable. Originally launched out of Techstars New York City in 2012, Bench has raised over $100 million US to date and has been ranked the fastest growing company in BC, according to the Deloitte Fast 50. Ian has received numerous awards for leadership, including Forbes 30 Under 30 and Canada's Top 40 Under 40, uh, which is incredibly impressive, I got to say. Ian, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, my pleasure. And by the way, my brother is actually a beekeeper, so we've got all the bases really? covered. Yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I won't ask which one of you is the is, the, is your mom's favorite then, because uh, yeah, bo both are both are incredibly admirable. So, <laughs> well, well, Ian, tell you what, Bench. I mean, I've known about it for such a long time, and, and you know, thought it's such a great you know brand and uh, company. But tell me the origin story. How did you set it up? Um, the origin story, um, the founder story. Yeah. I mean, it depends how far you want to go back here, you know, working at my dad's office. Uh, he was a lawyer, you know, mm -hmm. I was, you know, reconciling his books when I was 15. And then, um, I got a job as a, I thought I wanted to work in video games. I got a job as a bookkeeper at a video game company. Cause it was like, that's the future. Just knocking on the doors of all these video game companies, whatever job I can get. Oh, I need a bookkeeper. Okay. I'll, I'm your man. I'll be your bookkeeper. You know? And then got in there very quickly, was sort of like, how am I your best option? You know, like how I'm a 19 year old business student. How is there not a place you can, how's there not a brand that you're like, hey, I don't know anything about this and it's really important. So can I just give you my credit card and you'll do the thing, you know, and like take care, like make sure I'm taking care of all the things that need to be done are done. I don't know what those things are or how to do them. Can I just not know any of those things and do what I'm good at, please? You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they just totally entrusted me um, to, you know, run all the finances of this business, um, which, you know, was great, but also sort of <laughs> raised questions, right? Like, <laughs> well, you know, so um, a few years later, this, uh, that, that thought just stuck with me. You know, there's got to be something for people that um, they shouldn't have to think about this stuff. And they should just, you know, it should be affordable. It should be effortless. It should just be the brand you trust. You know, there's mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. kinds of things. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to buy a phone, I'm not like, okay, so um, what kind of components am I going to buy to put together so this mm -hmm. thing's functions? Should I buy Should I buy the Qualcomm chip? You know, it's like, no, that is complicated. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go to the phone store and get the, oh, you're saying that's the good one? Okay, get, yes, I will take mm -hmm. the iPhone, whatever, you know, thing you're going to give me. Um, and, oh, it's got lots of, like, I'm not, like, reading the bat going, like, oh, it's got this now, right? It's like, yeah, it's going to say a bunch of impressive things, great, but, like, 
overall, I'm gonna, I know that it's gonna give me what I need because mm -hmm. Apple is very thoughtful about this and I trust them. And um, like that should be the experience of having your accounting done. You, should, you just be able to go to the accounting store and you're like, I don't know what I need. Can you just help? And then they go, okay, well, let's talk about, you know, what, what your needs are. I'm going to ask you some questions and we're going to get you set up. You're going to be taken care of. You're never going to have to worry about this again. And, and by the way, you know, the IRS isn't going to be banging down your door because everything got screwed up, you know, like it's we're such a we're necessary here, part of business. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a necessary part of business. And, 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 and not only do you know, recognize that it's mundane and I mean, I'm, I'm blessed. I don't have to deal with that side. And when people start talking about it, I, I, I honestly glaze over because I want to focus on the creation side, but it's so important, yeah. um, you know, for, 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 for the business. Mm -hmm. Um, well, well tell, tell you what, I mean, we're, Bench recently raised, I mean, this is really exciting, just to re very recently, I think it was last week, we we, we saw yeah. that, the C Series C of $60 million. Um, first question, when were you most excited about that raise? Was it when you closed the deal or when you publicly announced the deal? Um, I, I don't know if I feel excitement about raising anymore. More like relief, you know? <laughs> it's like <laughs> this, this, like... Uh, it's exciting for other people to find out about. It's not usually exciting for the founder. It's funny. Like usually I talk to my other friends who are founders and we're all like, okay, got it done. You know, it's like, that's, it's, it's a really hard thing. It doesn't matter how successful a business looks, you know, fundraising is hard. Um, and it's just, you know, so many meetings, so many questions, so many, um, uh, so much paperwork, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, I think I was probably most excited when I had my deck done and I was like, <laughs> this is awesome. This is going to go great. Like before my first meeting, right? Like before making contact with reality, you know, it was like, oh yeah, like the business looks so great. Investors are going to be excited and we're, we're going to be able to raise a great round. Um, and then, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, 20 meetings later, um, you're just like, okay, all right. I have to say the same thing again mm -hmm. to a new set of people, you know, answer the same questions. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, uh, I assume you said, you said this podcast for entrepreneurs this is why I'm giving yep. them sort of like the inside goods. That's if, right. You know, That's if right. an entrepreneur is out there raising money, it's like, if it doesn't feel exciting, um, it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. <laughs> That's totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now that you've raised C, are you looking at D instantly? Like, you know, no, that you no, did no, B, no. did you look at C? <laughs> no, we, we, you know, we, we raised enough that it was sort of like, it covers many years of capital investments and burn and gets us to break even with a big margin, you know? Um, Fantastic. Like it's, we're not on the sort of like, all right, 18 months, burn it up. We better hit some milestones or we're dead, you know? Um, I've just, I, I've done that before. Um, I've, I've been doing bench for eight years now. Um, mm -hmm. and I've, I've cut enough years off my lifespan with the stress <laughs> that now it's that. sort of like, we do a very, uh, I don't know, more conservative, safer, you know, it's like, if you're going to be in the business for a long time, it can't always be CD your pants exciting. You know, it's like, I got two kids, you know, I need a good night's sleep now. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to, you know, know like, okay. And also a lot of people are depending on it. Mm -hmm. right it's not just sort of like okay it's the four of us in a basement Woo! you know um like this is our thing no it's like there's a lot of people dependent on it. this this is the, the thing how, how, how big is the team? thousands of people um, how, how big is the team right now uh we have 700 almost 700 people now wow that 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 can take uh, 60 million quickly then that, that's a, that's 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 <laughs> well, a, that's a big number. Number. it definitely will eat up yeah, yeah.
I would imagine. I would imagine. Well, what's what's the first thing? You, I mean, you close the deal, and you know that's this is going to be the question that the, the investors are going to ask. But what's the first thing that you invest in in bench? Like, what's you go? Hey, I'm going to take this money, and this is the very first thing we recognize we need help in. Is it sales? Is it product? Like, what is it that you focus on with that initial thought? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what. Um, I mean, you talk about bench. Mm-hmm. We've had a vision for what this thing needs to look like for a long time, and then you sort of have this like this multi-stage plan. Okay, it's gonna, we're gonna do this, then we're gonna do this, then we're gonna do this. So it's kind of like, what is the next stage of the plan entail? That's where the investment goes, right? So a lot of it right now is product and, and technology investment. You know, we're um, gonna be between doubling and tripling the team in the next, uh, you know, by the end of 2021. Significant. Um, <laughs> so um, just because there's a lot of, a lot of technology to be built, um, but a lot mm-hmm. of the like sales and marketing machinery is very well, well-honed, you know, well-tuned, like a lot of the operations that we've uh, built up. Um, and it's, you know, we're, we're going to be making investments, but it's not the kind of like double or triple investment. It's like, well, that's actually quite good, quite mature for the level of the business that we're at. Um, and it's more about incorporating new technologies and building this into a more complete solution. Um, mm-hmm. So, and executing on partnerships. Um, so, um yeah, but at different stages of the business, it might be different, right? There's other other fundraisers you do where it's like, okay, this is all earmarked for marketing because it's time to grow and like the product's ready, it's time to hit the market. Um, and yeah, we had one of those earlier on in our lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I guess that's the stage. Well, well, how did how did you go about differentiating Bench? I mean, you, it's eight years ago, so SaaS is just starting to get hot. You know, the the whole concept and philosophy, um, accounting. That's a a necessary, you know, everyone knows it's needed. So, you know, mm-hmm. we have, we have kind of product, uh, you know, uh, user need. Um, how do you differentiate yourself? Like, how do you make yourselves that much better than the other offerings? Yeah, you know, we don't focus on other offerings. You know, it, we really focus on just what, what does our customer need? What's going to make a difference for them? I mean, the entire, we have this, this, um, this unifying goal across bench which is to make a profound difference in the quality of life of 1 million people. That's like the sport of bench, you know, scoring a goal for us is we have a survey we send out to our customers where, you know, um, uh, very short survey. It's two questions. <laughs> One of those questions is, has bench made a profound difference in the quality of your life? You know, and that is the actual number that we track of, you know, are we making progress towards what we came here to do? Um, because if you get someone to say that, you know, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> well, you know, like, like why, I, how, what did we do? You know, I, tell me. I love that. I love that. And, and do you know why I love that? And it's on, it's on our wall right there, which is actually our uh, raison d'etre, our, our, our vision, which is to create software that impacts a billion lives. And we use that as our barometer for choosing our, pri- par, uh, you know, our product yeah. or our partner clients, um, yeah. because, you know, you can make money or you can make money and make impact. And, you know, I love how you're seeing it in a very similar way. Like it's about yeah. the customer. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's that, how do we make the customer happy and feel like this is something that just works, yeah, you know, exactly. and, and that's the beautiful, that's the beautiful thing of SaaS. Well, how's, I mean, the pandemic, um, you know, how, how is that, is that helped, hindered, is that made a difference, uh, you know, through uh, it's, digital it's transformation? Made a difference. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's helped or hindered. I would say it's uh, been a lateral sort of movement of us mm-hmm. having to change a whole bunch of things and our priorities <laughs> during the pandemic. Um, but that, you know, there were disadvantages and advantages. I mean, if you were a restaurant in this pandemic, you went through a very hard period of time. And there were a lot of clients where our focus was keeping them in business, get, making sure they were getting their paycheck protection uh, plan, uh, no, paycheck protection program money. Um, and 
if you're an e-commerce store, you're just flying, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. 90, 90% of them, you know, it's just the shift to e-commerce has been massive. Um, and, you know, the focus there is like helping them get um, financing for their inventory, you know, because they've got so much sales now they have to increase their inventory rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's been very different by industry. Um, we, we established ourselves um, as really the authority in paycheck protection uh, program um, uh, information. Like if you Google it today, PBP today, mm-hmm. bench is the number two hit after the Small Business Administration, which actually gives up the money. Significant, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and and our blog, you know, it it 10x over the course of the pandemic in terms of mm-hmm. us like realizing people just need this information, and no one's paying us to do this, but we realized no one was doing it. So you know, we're we're going to um, just be responsible in terms of doing the thing that people need us to do. Um, sure. And, and so it definitely shifted priorities. We didn't have any kind of marketing plan of like, all right, it's January. We're seeing a virus in China. All right. Next thing mm-hmm. is the government's going to drop $2 trillion in the economy. We got to be ready. Like this was mm-hmm. not, <laughs> uh, you know, the best laid plans. Right. But it's, mm-hmm. we, we just reacted really quickly from that place of, well, what will make a difference for people? Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, and to the tangible, like real life, like what would you have to do that you would make such an impact on someone that you would send them the survey and they would say, yes, you made a profound difference in quality of my life. Like literally, how do you make that number go up? Um, what, what if they say, what if they say no? What do you, how do you, uh, how do you, how do you respond? Yeah. I mean, most people say no, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you walk into a coffee shop and they asked you, has this coffee made a profound difference in the quality of your life? You'd be <laughs> like, what are you? What are you talking about? You know, it's fine. It's a block mm-hmm. closer than the next place and the coffee mm-hmm. is good. I would say it's made a profound difference in the coin of my life. But what's astounding is that, you know, about 30% of people say yes. And then we follow mm-hmm. up with them and go, what what happened? That mm-hmm. you would say that Bench made a profound difference in the quality of your life and you get their story. You know, mm-hmm. it's just really incredible. I mean, how many people we, um, just the anxiety that they no longer have to deal with um, you know, the stories of people where they'd be out of business, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's really incredible. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what we focus on. And like, you know, now the number of people that's like, I would not have known, I would not have been able to get this money during the pandemic that saved my business without bench being there, uh, informing me. And, you know, we just reached out to all of our customers going, Hey, do you need help getting this? Like, we're not going to pay us anything. We just want to help. This is part of, you know, what take uh, care of the customer yeah exactly and, and like sure we weren't like on our pricing page like includes like you know <laughs> hugs and, from hugs and programs <laughs> for the next virus that comes along right but it's like mm-hmm. whatever it is whatever comes up you know we're going to be there to help you with it and building programs around that because that's what people need um sure so um yeah so you launched did you launch you're, you're in canada and you and the u.s i assume is there are you any other just markets? the u.s just, just the u.s, US. not even yeah. in canada no, no, we, we, we started in New York. Um, once we started getting traction there, mm-hmm. we um, realized that wherever we set up shop, we were going to be living there for the next 10 years at least. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we're coming up on 10 years now, and mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be here another 10 years at least, right? So um, we wanted to be really thoughtful about not just, okay, we, well, we went through the Techstars New York Accelerator. I guess we're here now. It was sort of like, well, we're, we're three Canadians and a Russian. You know, mm-hmm. the Russian Still can't great. get a U.S. visa and the Canadians want to live in Canada. So where are we going to go? You know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, out of that, you know, we'd all at various times lived in Vancouver and just it was the place we wanted to live. 
Um, so moved us and our two employees at the time um, mm-hmm. all to Vancouver and have scaled from here. But um, it's still just the U.S. market. I mean, it's so That's, massive. We've got like a oh, fraction right. of a fraction of 1% market share, right? It's like, we're not close to being done. That's fantastic. Well, that's that's interesting to know why. I mean, you know, it's interesting that Vancouver. It's 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 not always about the business. It's a lot about the immigration and the and the the desire to be here. Yeah. I mean, is there is there a competitive advantage to being here as well, or is that is that really just an immigration question? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say there's advantages and disadvantages at any location, and as long as you're going to take advantage of the it, take advantage of the advantages and mitigate the disadvantages, you know, you'll be fine. Um, and so, you know, we did that in Vancouver. Um, obviously, one advantage is we can much more easily bring in people with talent from all over the world than mm-hmm. we could if we were located in the U.S. One of the disadvantages is it's harder to test our product because, mm-hmm. you know, we actually often drive, or before the pandemic, and it would drive down south of the border and, you know, just be in person with people in Seattle so we could actually observe people um, using the product, whereas, um, you know, in Canada... Um, if you're building, if you're building a product for the U.S., you can't just walk outside your door, you know. So mm. that's that's a disadvantage. But you know, we found ways around either of those things. Um, but I mean, the number one thing was um, this was home. This is where we wanted to build our community and and our families and um, and and just contribute to the economy. And this is where I grew up. Mm. Um, so it. I wanted to, you know, wanted to wanted to give back and and just it's home. Why, why did you Why did you do TechStars New York then? Like, what was what was the thought around that? Hello, Aaron. Hey, Chris. Do you know how I love to start off every day? No, I don't. Well, let me tell you. It is via the Vancouver Tech Journal's daily newsletter that is sent out to me to tell me all the top stories about the exciting happenings here in Vancouver, across Canada, in terms of business and technology. Uh, It covers all the podcasts, it covers all the blogs, and it covers all the people and personalities. And William and team have an inside track to knowing all the top stories. Um, And it comes to me which is so nice. I don't have to go to it. <laughs> yeah, I just went to their website, vantechjournal.com, and all you have to do is put your email in and click a button, and uh, I'm all set up. I'm ready to, to receive all the wonderful news that they have to offer. Simple dimple. And I'll tell you, this is not an ad. Is this an ad? No, it's not an ad. This is not a paid ad. This is something we do because we honestly love what William and his crew are doing, and we just thought everyone should be aware of that. For sure. So make sure to check it out, vantechjournal.com, and you can check out all their socials as well at Vancouver Tech Journal. Um... Well, I mean, Techstars had a huge impact on turning Bench into a viable business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we thought that that would be the case. Um, we applied to Y Combinator and Techstars because they were, you know, the two top programs at the time. I guess they still are the two top programs. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we applied way past the Y Combinator deadline. We, we you know, um, it was like a month over the, the deadline. So I don't think we got considered, uh, but it was perfect time for for the New York program. And also New York seemed like a cool place to go. And we were for all sure. living in different places at the time. Um, so it was the first time actually had the, the entire team together in one place. Um, you know, we were well, how, where, 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 where did you all meet then? I mean, you're um, global. How did how did you how did you make a global, global thing happen? Global with in, more in, people, in, in yeah. New York and then Vancouver. How did yeah. you do that? Um, I mean, look, it was my best friend from college, my best friend from high school, and a Russian guy we met online. That was the founding team. <laughs> that's, the, that's the typical story, right? Isn't that yeah. the everyday story? So. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was not like a super, you know, um, like strategic, well considered thing. It was like you know this little project, a couple of passion, you know, a few passionate people going 
this could be something people are missing something you know mm -hmm. and this needs to exist let's just do it you know and oh, then it's, it's, yeah. it makes so much sense well you know speaking of college uh because you're at sfu uh i i went to ubc ubc but okay I, no thing to sfu but i went to ubc too so better choice <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that but i'll give i'll give the thumbs up now one 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 regret i have throughout my life is actually i because i was i was going to join up but i saw that during the university you actually were with the uh the canadian forces um, yeah, that's right. How did how did that experience form your you know becoming a CEO? Did that help at all? Or um, yeah, I would say you know? I would say it helped. I mean, my my perspective when I was a teenager was I just want to get experiences that are really going to I think help me in life and give me perspective. And so mm -hmm. um, you know, I literally walked into an army recruiting office and said, "What is the hardest job?" <laughs> Nice. <laughs> 17. Love it. What is what is the hardest job? They're like <laughs> infantry soldier. Okay, I'll do that. You know. You wish they uh, said general. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, well, yeah. That. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you're not recruiting for that, uh, especially yeah. not for the 17 year old population. Um, but yeah, it was just sort of um, okay. That was yeah. It was just a really interesting experience. Met very different kinds of people that I would have met, you know, any other way. Um, did stuff well, that I would not have. Mm -hmm. there's just stuff I would never have done otherwise, you know, like, um, rappelling down a cliff, just like tying a rope around myself and rappelling off of a cliff, um, so and cool. then flipping upside down and going, Oh my God, am I dead? Um, <laughs> and no, no, okay. Get back up. You know, just, just stuff. Um, like just, um, you know, once, once you just jumped off a cliff with a rope attached to yourself, I think starting a startup feels a little less scary. You know, it's like, okay, the Love worst that. that will happen is that I do not fall down a thousand feet and crack my head open, right? <laughs> it's like, the worst thing that will happen is I do it and it doesn't work. And then I do a different thing, you know, like, so I could talk myself through, you know, mm -hmm. um, these kind of, I mean, um, you know, the experience starting a business is you just have all of this stuff swirling in your head. It's like a chaotic maelstrom of like, am I smart enough to do this? Is this going to work? Am I an idiot? Like, why hasn't someone else done this before? If it's really that good of an idea, right? And it's just like, just do it. Shut up, brain. You know, I think it's there. You know, let the other voice talk. I think there's something really there. I get it, you know, learning what voice to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, and just, um, yeah, persevering and knowing that I could push through things. You know, I think that, that was a, a big lesson. Very cool. Well, what what was the most difficult job? What was the answer they gave? Infantry soldier. Inf there yeah. you go. Because that's just, what they needed the most too. Uh, like, I, that's I, don't they, I don't know if they needed the most. I think they needed doctors the most. Um, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but in terms of like just pure physical, like staying up for you know forty eight hours straight, mm. like lifting heavy things over and over, being really bored for long periods of time, uh, it, it is definitely a hard job. It is the hardest job I have ever done. <laughs> uh, I, I, I could, I could definitely imagine. Well, so, so the military, I mean, you, once you get there, you start realizing, oh my gosh, everything is so processes driven. Did that, you know, that kind of culture, that understanding really kind of help form bench as well? You know, it's interesting the way, have, have you served in the forces? No, I, I was talked out by a girlfriend and to, to this day, I'm <laughs> honestly so disappointed because I tell my kids, if you don't go to university, that's where you go. Cause that will form, you know, yeah, I mean, a, a I, good start. I was just in the reserves, you know, I did it while I was in university. So yeah. Um, it, there's things that are process oriented and there are things that are much more about, um, delegating to the front line and allowing them to use their judgment. And that's actually what I took away. Like the mm -hmm. process stuff was actually some of the worst, horrible, like, oh my God, it's just so poorly done. This is like very old <laughs> thinking, you know, it's like, um, but other things where 
um, you know, when you're actually learning about combat, it's not like, okay, wait for the general to tell you what to do. It's like, no, there's, there's, those people are shooting at you. You have to use what you know. Um, and, you know, they teach you all kinds of heuristics about like what to do in different situations and like how to take a position and um, like what, um, what is a, you know, like you learn a lot of strategy as, as an infantry soldier. Um, and, and like, that was actually, you know, um, I would say that was more foundational for bench where it's, you know, the thought here is like, no, put the tools in their hands. Like the, the bookkeeper can actually see what the client is going through. They can see that person's situation, arm that person, arm that bookkeeper with tools and hire someone with good judgment and then let them do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, you're going to have guardrails, um, and like, you know, have checks, like uh, there's like sort of a- all this automated sort of like error checking, all kinds of things to ensure good quality. But the first line of defense is hiring a great person and, um, and giving them the right direction and then allowing them to do their job. Um, and that's sort of, I think a lot of where people go wrong in bookkeeping is it's like people go straight to like, oh, the people are the problem. You got to have computers do everything. And it's sort of mm. like, um, we don't have self-driving cars yet. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We just don't someday we might, we do not have self-driving cars and we do not have self-driving accounting. You know, it's like, there's just, there is still, you need to rely on great people. And, mm-hmm. but you know, in the tech world, there's this kind of idea of like, you cannot scale people operations and the military would like, would beg to differ. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, the, even there's the Canadian military, it's got, you know, um, or, or the, you know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people, you know, um, and all these people in frontline roles and, and the role of training, that was another thing I took away from it, right? It's like, how do you have all these people and how do you know they know how to do it? Oh, you train them and you invest mm-hmm. in them. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of that, you know, uh, I, I took a lot of some of the really good, really powerful stuff from the military and just like tossed away, you know, the like verbal abuse and <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> person screaming in your face with the spittle <laughs> flying, you know, I, I have this one, you know, I had this Australian drill sergeant who would, uh, you know, scream in my face, Crosby, there's just <laughs> neurons in your brain that are not firing. You know, <laughs> you, know so you don't forget that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of like, now it's a funny story, right? It was, I was not laughing at the time. Um, but, and, you know, it's, you know, just trying to like, you know, get my boots on straight, you know, that kind of stuff. Like there was like a missing button somewhere on my uniform or something, right? <laughs> it's just like um, that, that stuff, not necessary. Um, but some of the stuff they do, it's like, yeah, there's a way that you can have a million person organization execute um, competently. Um, and, and a lot of those lessons are just not, not widely understood or known in the tech industry. Sure, for sure. How, you said you had two children. How, what's the eldest? Um, how old is the eldest? I have an eight-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. Okay, so the eight-year-old, how, what do you explain to her saying, daddy's a CEO? What do you do? <laughs> like, how do you explain to her in very simple words? What does a CEO do? What does what does Ian Crosby do as a CEO to an eight-year-old? Yeah, I don't, I don't tell my eight-year-old I'm a CEO. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, it's like, there's, there's been various sort of like... Um, uh, yeah, I explain it. I use the analogy of school. It's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'm the principal of my school, you know, Very good. Um, like that kind of thing. Um, and, um, you know, and we're all learning and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, 
the one thing she knows, you know, we ask her, what does bench do? She says, oh, bench counts money. That's nice. like, you know, in three words, how you can have, Boom. you know, an eight-year-old. Yeah, we count money. No, pretty, pretty accurate. That is, sli- <laughs> that is slice and dice. So you, you think you think she'll be the next uh, CEO of, of, of Bench or, or, or even a bigger organization? Uh, you in, know, in, pray, yeah, pray I mean, in, in general, I'm not a huge proponent of nepotism. Yep. Um, so um, she is going to be a very brilliant, you know, uh, inspiring human being. Uh, and, you know, she, she will have a great, you know, career if she wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I have no idea if it'll be at a venture somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I certainly do not sort of adhere to like, well, the person is the offspring of the founder and therefore everyone needs to listen to them. You know, it's like yeah, if she, yeah, yeah. wherever she gets to, she will get under her own power. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Well, you know what? Let's, let's think about this. Do you have, you know, we're going, we're, because we're a Canadian, you know, we're a podcast dedicated to the Canadian market uh, though, you know, if uh, anyone from the world wants to learn from us, I think they should. Um, but is there like an entrepreneurial Canadian entrepreneurial star or founder or someone that you look up to that you're like, wow, you've done some cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know probably a lot of people see this right now, but Toby Lutke of Shopify, I mean, he's yep. a mentor of mine for many years and just someone, uh, yeah, just, there's a lot of learning. He, he is like 10 steps ahead of most other people in tech. Um, I hear you. and, uh, just, you know, even just listening to him talk, um, it's sort of like, I don't know if you realize how, like, you have put together things in your head that other people have no idea about, you know? So it's, um, yeah, that's someone that I, um, I really enjoy learning from. I dig that. I dig that. And, and, um, um, I mean, Shopify, they did do a placement in with that round. Is that, that's uh, correct, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, you know, Toby for, 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 for a long enough time that you can call him up and say, Hey, you know, uh, is this something you'd be interested in or do they ask? Or no, that's not, that's not, uh, Shopify is, is a, uh, you know, multi-thousand person organization with its own yeah. investment arm. Um, mm-hmm. so no, those are, those are relatively un, uh, unconnected things. Um, but I, you know, I, I would say like the more, like the bigger connection there would just be sort of the cultural, similarities and like goals of a two, mm-hmm. two organizations, you know, um, uh, that, that would be sort of the more, the more sort of, um, prescient sort of, or mm-hmm. the more relevant connection. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I mean, they, they do something similar to you. I mean, they made shopping easy. You guys make accounting easy. I mean, that, that is a really good natural fit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the focus is on like, um, putting something incredible in the hand, in the hands of entrepreneurs, you know, mm-hmm. and just, and, and um, just, and thinking through the experience of running a business through their eyes and then going, what should the vision be? Like, what, what would the best ex- version of this, what would be the best experience? And then mm-hmm. how do we build towards that? Like that, that would be this, I would say the unifying sort of theme between our two companies. I love that. And, and again, thinking of the customer, like, you know, they are, they are super important here. Well, you know, I, I, again, the theme here is all about how can we learn from you uh, in order to prepare that next generation of, of, of founders. Uh, um, can you give one good piece of advice, uh, good, or, good or bad, or however you want to put it, but one piece of advice that, uh, you know, can help benefit that next gen? Um, one piece of advice. Um, I always hesitate to give advice mm-hmm. because there's no like universal advice. It's gotta be, it's gotta be sort of relative, relevant to the context, but certainly, mm-hmm. you know, if you're self, if you're, 
if you're serving entrepreneurs, um, just focusing on what is best for the actual customer mm-hmm. and not necessarily what is best for your business. Like there's sort of, there's a starting point. A lot of companies, they start from like, ah, oh, what would it be great for our business model if the customer did, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I, but the thing is, there's actually some businesses that have done that really, really well. Like if you look at like social networks, for example, they're like, you know, it'd be great if we had this network and there was network effects and blew, like I was listening to Reed Hoffman talk about LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, he totally started from what do I need the customer to do to be good for me, right? So I'm like, well, I can't say that, that was a success, you know, but I'd say certainly in small business, um, like the biggest successes have come from not that, not from how do we get locked in? How do we, you know, defeat our competitors? How do we all, all these kind of things? It's from, but what is the, what is actually gonna make the biggest difference for the end customer? And how do we actually look through this from their eyes and actually talk to them and have them say, wow, this is incredible, right? And then, um, that is just something that has worked over and over and over and not, not, not compromising or focusing on, you know, what's best for your business. Um, it's that like, is so perfect. Yeah, that is so perfect. Understand the problem, understand the user, understand, you know, uh, the, the benefit that you can offer and, uh, think about it from that instead of saying you, you know, good old, uh, larger vision of Apple going, Nope, we know what you want. You yeah, know, which exactly. some, some people can get it, but it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, if, if you can do it, then you can do it. But again, that's about the customer, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna have a vision about what is like me as a human being, like, um, that, um, what is actually going to make a big difference for me, right? Yeah, like, I'm not going to say like, certain customer research techniques are better than others, right? It's like, uh, whatever works, however, you actually do that thing. But the, the motivation, the thought process has to start from like that person actually using the product going, wow, mm-hmm. you know, like that should be it. And, and what would, what would my day. someone go, yeah, <laughs> incredible, you know, um, rather than starting from, you know, what technologies exist today and can we play with them and put them together in a way like that stuff generally doesn't go very far when you're just uh, looking at like, you know, like, oh, I have some toys, maybe I can put them together and make something useful. Like it's, it's, I mean, you might make something useful, but it's not going to, Creating million dollars or ten billion dollars of value, but I have that I have that conversation with young entrepreneurs all the time. It's the old technology for the sake of technology isn't really a business because it's not solving a problem. Like it goes, wow, and I, I I've fallen into that. Like I I you know I'll go, holy crow, can you imagine all these cool things it'll do? But at the end of the day. Is it needed? <laughs> you know, yeah. are you creating value? Um, you know, well, hey, yeah, first exactly. off, again, congratulations. I, I'm I'm really proud of you uh, and and your team for uh, you know taking taking the company taking bench uh, to such a to such a high level. Um, thank and thank you for for joining us today and uh, sharing your, uh, your you know the the journey. Uh, it was super interesting. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. It was great to connect. Fantastic. Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode, and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at 
at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at T-T-T, that is three T's, dot studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at T-T-T underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.